swinging slightly. Cloud fumed through the gap. Zass wriggled and jumped and tugged his way into a thick, fleece-lined canvas suit. He put on a helmet and gloves. Two crew members held the basket steady as he clambered through the cables that kept it level. He positioned his goggles, hunkered down, and gave the crew the thumbs up. The winch spun, the cable unwound, and the cloud car took him out of the light inside the airship and into the wet, white air. Cloud came between him and the airship. The diffuse patch of brightness that was the gap in its belly dimmed, then disappeared. The hum of its engines grew muffled. Zass removed his goggles, helmet and gloves, and stuffed them between his knees. He was always careful to put the protective gear on again before he returned to the ship. The gear was, like his name, a disguise he wore for the benefit of others. He raised his hands and opened his mouth and let the air caress him. As the basket cut its way through the lower layer of cloud, its cables acquired thin white streamers of vapor. Zass ran his fingers back and forth through these dragon's whiskers, which broke and eddied like smoke rings. The cloud car passed through the thinning vapor, and Zass looked down. The sea was dark, but textured, its waves backlit by the faint radiance of a rainfall several miles away. Zass could see where the rain softened the air. He could see, too, that there were several interruptions in the sea's surface. Black strokes. Three ships, showing no light. He waited till his eyes made a further adjustment, and he could spot each ship's wake, and therefore the direction they were headed. He picked up the telephone and put it to his ear. There was a loud click, then the electric hum of the open line. He asked Hintersee to have the men in the belly of the airship lower him a further ten feet. He said that the cloud was thicker than they'd thought. He reported that he was only just out of it. Really, he helped to relish more of the clear sky under the cloud. The basket shivered as the winch started up again far overhead. The soft, bright underside of the cloud receded, and the wind grew a little less wet. He savored it. In a moment, he would turn to his duty, but for now he swung through the dark in his own true home, the fully three-dimensional terrain of the sky. He took a moment, then put the phone back to his ear and began to talk to his captain to relay the bearings of the target ships. Suddenly, a coil of vapor spun down past the cloud car. Dark spirals of turbulence appeared in the underside of the cloud some twenty feet above. Zass knew at once what was causing it. Clear air from above the layer of cloud was being forced down through it, making black vortices in the vapor. Vortices formed by the tips of great wings describing high-velocity parabolas and mixing fog and air. Zass dropped the phone. The soft ceiling above him ruptured. A huge, dark shape pierced the cloud and opened a gap through to starlight. Wings made a rushing thump in the air. Zass felt the concussions of displaced air shuddering around him. The archangel braked his plunge, then banked against unbroken cloud, coming around in a tight loop that would bring him back to where Zass hung in the fragile cradle of the cloud car. Zass saw that the attenuated avian hands on the wrist joints of the archangel's six wings were splayed, reaching. 
He saw light flash on the pale palms of the archangel's two human hands, and as the huge winged body closed on him, he saw that one of those many avid hands was missing some fingers. It was by this mutilated hand that Zas recognized Lucifer, who had cut off his wings. He threw himself out of the cloud car. Looking back through his feet as he fell, Zas saw the archangel connect with the cloud car, catch hold of it, and hang swinging, hands gripping the basket, two top wings flared back and flapping furiously. He heard the cable shriek and groan, and he heard his name, for the first time in over fifty years. Lucifer shouted, Zas! And Zas closed his body into a ball. He knew he could fall faster than Lucifer could fly down. The archangel had too much surface area to race any falling, wingless creature a few thousand feet to the sea. Zass plunged.